Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm not sure what division is going to be the best in the NFL. This early in the process, we rarely know. A year ago right now, we were convinced it was going to be the AFC West that was the gauntlet. And it turns out it's really just the Chiefs that were. But what I do know is that there's no division in the NFL that will be more scrutinized this year than the AFC East. And that process has already unbelievably started for one of the best and the biggest in the business. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, only because I haven't mentioned it in about eight minutes. The Vegas Golden Knights are the champions of the world. I just want to make sure, Harry, everybody remembers really quickly that when we're talking <laughs> about championships and Super Bowls, that the current champion of the world in the National Hockey League, hoisting the cup, and my God, hopefully still partying, are my Vegas Golden Knights. I just, I just, in case you hadn't heard, I just wanted to give you a second to make sure you knew that. Well, you know, I'm a, b- a believer of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, mm-hmm. but when you win the Stanley Cup Finals, yeah, you can tell everybody and celebrate. I am now getting it from multiple sources. Not yet 100% confirmed, but it looks like the parade is Saturday night at 7 p.m. <gasps> Are you going? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I, like next commercial. I'm booking flights. I'm just booking all the flights, but I'm just right now, if you're listening in Vegas, thoughts and prayers for my my liver. Like if you see me on the streets, let's let's just hug. Just let's just hug. Uh, all right, uh, we'll get more parade breakdowns. <laughs> I know that's what the world really wants, but we're also got to. We also got to get you caught up on uh, the the conversation around the Patriots. Here's the thing: I almost felt stupid saying this the other day with you. It's hard for me to feel stupid, but as we talked about pressure and we talked about expectation, one thing you and I talked a little bit about was, uh, you know, is there some at some point on whatever's happening with Bill Belichick. As I've said so many times, I don't think the Patriots, I think they have the fourth best roster and the fourth best quarterback in their own division. And yes, they have a great coach, but last year they had terrible coordinators that were picked by that great coach. So I don't know what to expect. I felt almost stupid saying that out loud because we all know uh, who Bill Belichick is. I feel better about it now, though, because it was a conversation on OTL. Check out what Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, had to say when asked about the future of Bill Belichick. I want to get your reaction to this, Harry. This is what Kraft had to say. Well, it's about winning. So let's see what happens. He's, he's done pretty good so far. I mean, I know it's important to him, too. My objective every year is we make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And if you don't? Well, I'm an optimist. (laughs) Well, it's great to know that Robert Kraft feels the same way I feel, but if you make the dance, you have a chance. And I feel like that about, you know, any sports that has a playoff format. Once you get in there, anything could happen. I was a, uh, a guy who played on a, uh, the number one seeded team, Atlanta Falcons, and the last seeded, you know, Green Bay Packers went on to win the Super Bowl and came into our house and beat the hell out of us. But uh, something that he said there, winning is the most important. Yes, Bill Belichick has won his entire career while being the head coach for the New England Patriots, but getting to the playoffs as well and being able to have that opportunity to, you know, make a, a Super Bowl or have a Super Bowl run is very vital. Now, when it comes to the New England Patriots, two, uh, three, three, the last three years, two of those years, they didn't make the playoffs. One of those years, they did. 
at this moment right now, I just do not see a situation, Fitz, where the New England Patriots make the, makes the playoffs. And here's why. When I look at the teams across the AFC, right, and I'm looking at the Dolphins, Bills, the Jets, who potentially all those teams could make the playoffs, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Jags, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and I'm gonna throw a wild, I'm gonna throw a little wild, a wild, a wild the, team the Raiders, out there too. The Raiders, the Ra- throwing the Raiders, the Browns. If the Browns can get things together, that's nine teams that I just mentioned before I even get to the New England Patriots. I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't see it happening. But I also think context plays a major factor in this. How do the New England Patriots look this season? Is it like last year when we seen a little dysfunction where they got a lot of penalties, where they weren't great on special teams, where you see the quarterback having, you know, the back and back and forth dialogue and we're, we're reading his lips and understand that he's not happy. You had the quarterback changes. Are, are we going to have, you know, the 2022 New England Patriots or are we going to see the New England Patriots that were competing um, at a very, very high levels in the, in the playoffs every year with, with potentially a chance to go to a Super Bowl. What are we going to see? I, Harry, you've taught me something. You've taught me something very important in our time working together. A phrase that I've stolen from you. If You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen, right? True. So when you say context, here's the hardest part about it. I agree with everything you're saying. Here's the hardest part about context. You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen last year for an undisciplined Patriots team, right? The Patriots team that just made mental errors we never see. Uh, one gave my team uh, a win, right? We all know that Raiders game should have been the Patriots win. Instead, it went the Raiders way because of a mental mistake we never see New England make, right? You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen, all right? So when I look at the Patriots right now, last year they were undisciplined. Whose fault is that? The head Bill Belichick's. Bill Belichick's. Last year they weren't well coached. Whose fault is that? Bill Last year, they didn't have the, uh, a good enough quarterback. Whose fault is that? Head coach, Head right? Coach. Keep going up and down the list. The problem for me in this conversation, the hard part for me in this conversation is while I can look at everything that he's done and said, my God, how can you ask any questions of Bill Belichick? He might be the greatest of all time. Probably is the greatest of all time. He is immediately going to go into the Hall of Fame and he'll be talked about for generations. Those are all true things. It doesn't change the fact that right now their roster is not as good as everyone else in their division, which is his fault. Their quarterback is not as good as everybody else in their division, which is his fault. Their coaches weren't as good as everybody else in their division, which is his fault. Uh, you, You go up and down the board. The problem is usually you can look at a team and say, well, if there's a problem, we can change the GM, we could change the quarterback, we could change the coach, we could make we could tweak some things. You can't tweak anything in New England because the only tweak you can make is saying that Bill Belichick shouldn't be there anymore, which we're not allowed to say. So if you're a Patriots fan, guess what? You're screwed right now. You are stuck because your team isn't good enough and no matter how much we want to, nobody's allowed to blame the person that's actually responsible for that well, today. And I, I want to see how their offense is going to look this season because Fitz, I'm not worried about their defense. Their defense, no. I, th- I believe, was eighth last season. Um, one of the top five teams in sacks and that whole nine. Matthew Jadon had 15 and a half uh, by himself. He was top four in the NFL, tied with someone as well. So I'm not worried about their defense. To me, it's about that offense, right? Mac Jones getting back to what he was in his rookie season. Bill O'Brien uh, being able to have balance within the confines of that offense. Who is going to be the go-to guy? That was something last year that I, I could not answer. The entire season, who was the go-to guy for the New England Patriots? And a lot of people may say, well, it was Jacoby Myers. Uh, okay, I understand that, Jacoby Myers. But no, who is the true go-to guy when you're in trouble that you can go to no matter what and that guy is going to make a play for you over and over and over and over again consistently? 
Who is going to be that guy? Can your quarterback take a leap under Bill O'Brien more so than he did in his rookie season? Those are the questions that still lie when it comes to the New England Patriots. On top of the discipline thing and the penalties, it's hard to, it's hard to make the playoffs, right? If you're beating yourself and you're already not the best team on paper. Yeah. So that's very important to me. I, I, Can they get back to form where they don't have those self-inflicted wounds and they aren't beating themselves? Special teams got to be better. I, just to say it again with your chest there. The way you just said that, like when you're beating yourself and you're already not the best team on paper, right? Like, and, and at some point in this AFC, you either got a quarterback or you don't have a chance. I don't believe Mac Jones can be at all competitive with the best quarterbacks in the AFC. So not even to, close. You bring me to my next point. And I understand their defense is phenomenal, but sometimes when you're facing a Patrick Mahomes, it don't matter. When you're facing a Joe Burrow, it don't matter. So you better have that guy pulling the trigger on your side to kind of balance that out. They don't have that in my eyes. They don't. They just don't have it. They don't at all. And now what they have is, let's say this politely, a Mac Jones that has at times been prickly. I'm just going to say prickly. With a head coach and Bill Belichick that at times can be prickly. With an offensive coordinator and Bill O'Brien that is known at times to be Prickly. Like, how are all of these guys going to come together and who's going to be massaging whose ego to make sure that everybody feels good when there's a mistake? Because it just feels like last year they were on the verge of an explosion in, in the wrong way consistently as an offense. And now this year, everybody's just miraculously saying, well, these are going to be better coaches. And as a result, it will all work out perfectly. I, I don't know that we know that. Like, to your point, it's still not the best team on paper. It's not even close on who the best team is on paper. The Bills are a better team on paper. The Dolphins are a better team on paper. The Jets are a better team on paper. The Chiefs are a better Like, keep going up and down the list oh, here. Get, like, guess, guess what the common denominator is? All those teams have a quarterback that we believe in. I, I believe— every, every team you just named. I believe there's a better chance that the, the New England Patriots—, Patriots will have a top 10 pick in the draft next year, then they'll have a playoff appearance. I believe there's a better chance that the New England Patriots will be looking for a quarterback in the draft next year than they'll be looking at Mac Jones to be their quarterback next year. I believe the Patriots are going to finish in last place in their division. What I don't know from any of that is how we're supposed to fairly judge what it means obviously, for Bill Belichick. Fitz and Harry's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. While everyone waits to see what happens with Damian Lillard this offseason, there's another all-star player that could actually be moved. We've got a Woj bomb. We'll get to you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. With the seventh pick, the Denver Nuggets select Jamal Murray. With the 41st pick, the Denver Nuggets select Nikola Jokic. Who's next? The 2023 NBA Draft, next Thursday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. With the seventh pick, the Denver Nuggets select Jamal Murray. With the 41st pick, the Denver Nuggets select Nikola Jokic. Who's next? The 2023 NBA Draft, next Thursday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
I just got to, you know what, I'm just going to say this. I shouldn't say this. This isn't nice. I love this song, but man, like, Rick Springfield is on 80s. I listen to 80s on 8 all the time on Sirius XM. Painful. Like, I, of all the 80s on 8 shows, and I listen to it all the time, when Rick Springfield is a working class DJ, I'm immediately, like, immediately going to 90s on 9. Now I listen to, uh, by, by the way, it still looks great. He, I saw a clip of him playing live, no shirt on. Whew! Looks great. Just... Man, I could do. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I'm gonna be say, nice. Why did you say woo? I'm just gonna. Be, I'm. I'm trying to be nice here. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Great song. Hey yo. Great song. Just not a like. Man, I don't know. Sometimes he's in his feels when he's hosting this the '80s on Eight channel and like he's hosting the working class DJ and he's like one day I tuned in and he started the show and he's like guys I just really feel like you know I need I need to know that people love me right now so if you could just send me positive I was like weird it's weird I'm telling you it's just listening to that show weird. Anyway, Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, uh, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas. Uh, <laughs> speaking of weird, uh, it doesn't take very long to get to the weird portion of the NBA offseason. And congratulations, we are already there. As the draft, as you just heard, is about a week away, and we we now have a champion in the Nuggets. It means that we get all sorts of trade rumors. Now, one of the biggest rumors we're all going to hear about is the obvious one, and that's whether or not Dame Lillard will be traded. Now, Brian Windhorst, the ESPN NBA inside was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And this is what he said about whether he believes Dame will be traded. Everybody has put his name out front uh, because of the way he, you know, what he said at the end of the season. But in my conversations, I'm giving the impression that Dame is still very committed there and that the Blazers' moves and what they're trying to do are there to support Dame. So I would not put Dame on the front of the, of the trade situation right now. I mean, again, let's pay attention to what I said right now. I feel like, Harry, Dame rumors are a lot like Knicks rumors. Every time there's a free agent, got to go to the Knicks. Every time there's a trade, well, it's going to be Dame, and it's never either. Well, I will say this. Like, uh, I respect what Dame has said throughout this entire process is that, you know, he's committed to the Blazers organization, and he wants to be there in Portland. So until something else changes physically and it actually happens, I'm not going to believe it. Yeah, well, none of us are, but there is one that maybe we can believe, and that is... Washington superstar Bradley Beal. Now, Uh we got a Woj bomb. This is a couple of minutes ago. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out ESPN sources. As rivals begin reaching out to the Wizards to explore possibility of trading for all-star guard Bradley Beal, President Michael Winger and Beal's agent uh, Mark Berylstein of Priority Sports are staying in close contact to discuss scenarios presented to the franchise. Should remind everybody, he also reminds us on Twitter that after completing the first season of a five-year $251 million contract. Beal's unique standing as the NBA's only current player to have a no-trade clause negotiated into his deal gives him the ability to control not only possible destinations, but how a potential package to acquire Beal impacts his ability to play for a contender. In other words, he's saying, like, you ain't going to give up too much because I don't want to go somewhere where you gave up everything and now I'm going to suck. Bradley Beal has all the power right now. And I think that's phenomenal. Because you just don't see it happen every day, right? And I think that's one of the things that the the Wizards actually, you know, put in this contract because they wanted to keep a guy like Bradley Beal. But, you know, if it came to a situation where he had that opportunity, because, you know, Bradley Beal could have went possibly anywhere. But he decided to stay and take the money. Now, when you look at possible destinations fits, I look at three teams um, right off the top of my head. Number one, it being the Philadelphia 76ers. They could use a guy like Bradley Beal. 
because of his shooting uh, ability, being able to stretch the floor, um, especially if you decide not to, you know, or James Harden decides that he doesn't want to come back to Philly. And oh, now sure. you got to, you know, look at another result. Tyrese Maxey can move to the point guard position and then you can have Bradley Beal as your two guard. Now, another team that I have is the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson and what he was able to do was phenomenal this past season. I think he exceeded expectations. And I actually thought, you know, he built something between himself and the fan base there because he embodies every, everything that it means to be a New York Knickerbocker. That it, it, he truly does. My brother played there for four years, so I understand what that fan base wants and needs from the point guard position. Being able to have a guy on the perimeter that can hit outside shots because that was something I thought, and especially in the playoffs, that they were lacking. Wait, the wait, ability wait. to consistently knock down three-pointers. Uh, the most important question here is you just said Knickerbocker. Every time I say I want to play golf with you and wear knickers, you, you turn around and you say that that's weird. Like, you know, Knickerbocker. Yeah, but I'm black. I can, I can, uh, okay. I can, okay, that's I can fair. That. All right, that, that's right. All right, uh, go on. So then you've got the 76ers, by the way, which I agree with you completely on. That would make uh, yep. no Harden. You put in Bradley Beal makes them a much better team. I also agree with you that the Knicks, even though I just said everybody always rumors it. So who's your third team? The Miami Heat. And we've seen this basketball team struggle to score points and how difficult it looked at times in the NBA Finals versus the Denver Nuggets, who I can, you know, freely say isn't just a physically imposing defensive stopping team like that. Now, they had moments in the, in the NBA Finals where they were able to get those stops. But, you know, if you just look at the Denver Nuggets and say, hey, you know, this is a defensive team, you're wrong. That's not their M.O., and the Miami Heat struggled time and time again to put the ball in the basket. So having Bradley Beal down there with Jimmy Butler um, and whoever, you know, they decided to keep it, and I'm pretty sure Bam will still be there. I think that 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 trio would be good for the Miami Heat. And just a reminder that even though in some ways trades are complicated, this one's particularly complicated. All NBA trades are. But Brian Windhorst, again, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, made it very clear on our morning show right here that if Beal is traded, it might not be for a King's ransom. I just think over the last three or four years when we've heard Bradley Beal rumors, I don't think they've ever been super legitimate. I, but I do think right now, before the draft, if they're going to do it, it would be now. And I think that the Heat would be at the front of it. And I'm going to tell you, if Bradley Beal gets traded between now and next Thursday, I think people are going to be very surprised at the price and how potentially low it's going to be because his contract is not attractive, especially going forward, uh, what it would mean to have a $50 million player on your team that may not be you know, a first or second uh, all-NBA type player. And that's if. I'm not saying they're going to, but if they do it, it's a very important reminder because so often we've been trying to figure out who the Heat's next superstar would be and what type of payment it would take to make that happen. I think. But we, B- Bradley's not a Bradley Beal's not a superstar though. No, that's fair. That is fair. Like, uh, the next, let's say, offensive generator, right? Like, there you go. so if, if if you're the Heat and you're looking for a way to bolster your team without giving up a ton, Bradley Beal could actually, to Wendy's point be the real uh, the, the real answer there and also I think you know it's important he, he's coming off a year where he averaged 23 ish uh, shot 51% but only played 50 games last season so well, you know stop that- right there though Fitz because I think that's where you know you have to look and it's not just last year I think it's the last four years right and Bradley Beal played 50 games last year 40 the year before 60 mm-hmm. the year before that 50, 57 the year before that it's a consistent pattern that we're seeing with Bradley Beal, him not completing a season and playing uh, more than, what, 60 games in the last four years. So that has to be eye-opening as well. And to your credit, brand recognition and superstar aren't the same thing. Bradley Beal is a brand that the league rec- recognizes. 
But you're right, he's not a superstar, and he's not available enough to be the cure-all for most teams. We'll keep you updated on any other Woj bombs we get. But there are other players in the NBA who could use a change of scenery. We'll break it down. And is one franchise changing talent going to be is one sorry? And is one franchise changing talent going to be available? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Douglas is HD to everyone. Uh, that's exactly how we know it. But what's HD to Harry? This is actually going to be interesting. Let's play. Is that HD to you? Is that HD to you? I'm Fitz and Harry. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. The concept's a simple one. We all know that HD is Harry Douglas to us. But the question is, what is high definition? Crystal clear. It was absolutely wildly easy to see. That's HD. The question is, is it HD to HD? We're going to break it down. And what we're doing today is NBA stars in need of a change of scenery. Is that HD to you? So we'll have Evan come in, producer extraordinaire. He will give us the name of a player. And then, Harry, we will decide, is it HD that that player needs a change in scenery? Evan, are you ready for this? Like, today's the day of champions. Are you ready to be a champion? Maybe. Okay, that was a resounding yes. I it's felt. not HD, that's for sure. Okay, it's not HD to me that I have a lot of faith here right now, Harry. All right, Evan, <laughs> give us like, can you give us this, like maybe a, a game show announcer version on these voices? Like, give us a little like, a little zhuzh it up a little bit, maybe. Is that HD to you? Bradley Beal needs a change of scenery. That was actually uh, pretty good. Let me make that decision, Evan. <laughs> uh, yes, he does. Bradley Beal has been with the Washington Wizards his entire career. They're not going to win anything and understand that, you know, what he's getting paid right now, he took that deal to be able to stay in Washington, but I think it's actually time for him to depart um, the DMV area and go somewhere where he can contend and actually win something. So that's uh, that's very clear to me. It's HD. Yeah, I'm I'm a little torn on this one because he's obviously got close relationships with Washington. He's got close relationships with the organization and ownership. He's got close relationships with the community. All things that matter so much more than basketball. That there's a part of me that says, man, he's doing pretty well. Like he makes a ton of money to be not a superstar but just a star in a market where he can be pretty invisible if he wants to and play a lot of really quality basketball. I'm gonna say it's not HD. Only because I'm trolling and I feel like Harry and I should disagree. In the time that it has taken us to break this down, Harry, there has been a wardrobe change for one Evan Wilner. Evan is now producer extraordinary in a coat. Like, we went <laughs> uh, we went game show. Yeah, you, you want me to be a game show host? I happen to have a sport coat at my desk because it's uh, Dress for Success Wednesday. Okay. I, I just figured I would. I actually like it too, Evan. I just dressed good. the part. That looks good. You, you, Pat Sajak's replacement needs to look out because Evan is now on the prowl. Carlin, Ooh. get out of the way. All right, so Uh-oh. what do you got, Evan? Give us the next, uh, remember, game show voice, the yeah. next player. Is it HD to you that they need a change of scenery? Right. This isn't we think he's going to get traded. This is does he need a change of scenery? And that guy is Damian Lillard. Come on down. Oh. That was pretty good. That's pretty um, good, Evan. This is tough. It's tough, and, and, and I got to be real when I say this. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I just don't feel like the Portland Tra- Tra- Trailblazers are going to be able to contend for an NBA championship. Therefore, I think Damian Lillard needs a chain of uh, scenery. 
Again, I'm going to say no on this because I think there are other things he values more. But I I agree with you. To win a championship, he needs to change the scenery. But, man, like winning a championship, believe me, as a fan of a championship team, uh, winning a championship is such a roll of the (laughs) dice. Again, Vegas analogy. Such crapshoot. Again, Vegas analogy. Uh, Like the cards have to fall exactly the right way. I'm on a roll here. Uh, When you think about all these things that have to come together, that's such a variable that's hard to control. When you got a great situation in a place that you love that you resonate with, I don't think you have to make a change of scenery. Two for two on the disagree. Oh, but hold on. Okay. I have to say something to you. Okay, yes. Along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, when you play ball as a kid, you play to win. You play to win championships. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard for me to believe that all these guys in the NBA or whatever professional sports that they're playing is that they're just playing just for the money and don't want to win a championship. That's that's probably fair. That's I I think what my mind sometimes goes to is like there's an in between. If you love where you are and you love what you do and you're playing with people that you really love, you and, and you love the game, like yeah, you know, you love championships too. You're right. Obviously every athlete plays to win a championship, but I don't know. I mean, I, it's sort of steered in my head as we've you know, recently had players say they don't care about the Hall of Fame and things like that. You know, it's like, I think everybody's wired so differently. But I hear you. I think that's probably true. Evan, what do you got next for us? Yeah. Zion Williamson, you are... Oh, wait, wrong game. Is it HD to you that NBA stars need to change the scenery? Zion Williamson! I'm going to go yes with this one as well. Um, I played with guys when things just didn't go right with that organization. And you know what? Let me, let me use a guy for an example. I played with a, a, a secondary guy named Ricardo Allen. And I thought he needed a change, a, scene, a change of scenery until, you know, one coaching staff got let go and another coaching staff came in. And when the next coaching staff came in, he became the starter and played a pivotal role for the Atlanta Falcons. And now he's coaching for the Miami Dolphins. So sometimes you do need to change the scenery. Sometimes you may need a new coaching staff and everything. But I'm going to go with Zion in these regards, yes. Um, there's been a lot that he had to take in since becoming the number one overall draft pick. The injuries have built up. You got the off-the-court uh, stuff right now with the young ladies or whatnot. I just think he needs to get out of New Orleans and start over fresh, and sometimes it takes that for a player to get on the right track. And the lie-determining te- lie test is determined. What is it? The lie, lie, what is it? What, what test is it? <laughs> lie detector? Lie detector, thank you. Sorry, late night last night. Y'all know I was on one. The lie detector <laughs> test is determined. This is not a lie. You're right. Zion needs to change the scenery, and also he is the father. All right, that's all I got to say about that one. Keep on going, Evan. What do we have next? <laughs> is that HD to you? NBA stars that need a change of scenery, Jalen Brown. This is not HD to me. I believe Jalen Brown, um, along with Jason Tatum, I believe those guys are able, will be able to win an NBA championship at some point. So just stay there in Boston, stick it through, work on your game, get better, see the game from a different perspective, from a broader perspective, and you know make some history and do something that the Boston faithful really want. That's winning a championship. Yeah, I don't think he goes anywhere and has a better shot at winning a championship viably, right? So I think you're 1,000% right. The best course here is to stay the course and see if he can win a championship where he is. Look at that. Harry and I are suddenly on agreement uh-huh. and, and on, on all of us. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, there it is. What do you got? One more. Is yeah, that really, 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 like, really think about this. Like, NBA stars that need a change of scenery. Donovan Mitchell. This is not HD to me right now. Um, I think his first year in Cleveland, they were successful. They had, what, the four or five seed? I believe it was the four seed 
because they hosted the New York Knicks before losing to them. Uh, I just didn't think them as a team showed up the way they need to show up in that playoff series. Uh, in particular, Donovan Mitchell and at times Darius Garland. But I want to see him and Darius Garland try to work through some of their kinks for another year. And if it doesn't work out then, then uh, it'll be HD to me. But right now it's not. Yeah, the Knicks keep, uh, according to rumors, the Knicks are continuing to keep an eye on Mitchell. So it feels like right now what you have is like they're they're texting each other even though they know they shouldn't be texting each other, like they're in that spot where like we're we're oh, no longer cheating. In a, yeah. Well, they're, they're not cheaters. They're 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 walking that line where it's like no, we're not actually cheating. It's just like we're we're, we're just texting each other and this is all flirty and fun. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, again, this is a succession you know, reference from season one. All of a sudden, you know, Shiv ends up with uh, her ex and uh, things are things are happening that shouldn't be happening. And you got Uh-oh. an open marriage. That's what like look. I'm, <laughs> I'm two years into two seasons into succession. All right, my mind only goes to one place right now. Uh, that is a little example of, is that HD to you on some NBA players that need to find... With, Open with, marriage. With a, a, a mix-in of succession, a mix-in of Maury Povich. Like, I think we really conquered a lot. Uh, a huge round of applause to Evan, producer extraordinaire, who played the glorious role of game show host. What a Can I say this really quick? Yeah, please do. Man, more power to the guys that, you know, who do that open marriage thing because I couldn't bear it. Yeah, well, that's I'm I'm glad you shared that with the I world. Just, I I also I think that would be kind of weird. Like it just, you know, very weird. Yeah, it, it, it's weird in succession too, by the way. Uh, a great TV show that for some reason I decided to wait till it was done to start watching. Coming up, what a championship for Vegas means for the rest of the sports world. We'll break it down next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. and Harry. I gotta be honest, it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Sitting in my house in Connecticut, watching the city that I grew up in celebrate their first men's major professional sports championship. Something I'll never forget. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Last night, Mark Stone was getting it done. Brought to you by Granger. Getting it done with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or stop by today. Got to give Mark Stone a lot of credit. A lot of people don't, don't realize this. He's the only captain they've ever had in Golden Knights history. And the team came out tight, and then all of a sudden he had a beautiful first goal, and it was like all the, the, the dam released. And before you know it, Vegas gets a 9-3 win. They find themselves now as Stanley Cup champions after the long and arduous six-year wait that it's taken to get there. Yes, I'm being sarcastic. But, Harry, this is also about Vegas because I just mentioned first men's professional sports championship. Let's remember – 
The Golden Knights just won the championship in the WNBA a few months ago, right? They're defending champions right now. Uh, the, the Golden Knights just win. The Aces win. The Golden Knights just win the Stanley Cup. Obviously, the Raiders are there. But also important yesterday, the Nevada State Senate passed a $380 million bill to help fund the proposed stadium for the Oakland A's to move to Vegas. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of conversation about whether cities should or shouldn't pay for stadiums. I'm not here to get into that right now. That's Nevada's decision, not mine. I don't live there, Harry. But when you talk about what's cashing in Vegas on Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, to me, part of this conversation is that Vegas has squarely become one of the destination sports towns in the United States of America. I never thought I would say that sentence even 10 years ago because of gambling regulations, all those other things. It is now a spot that is a hotbed for professional sports. And I think the Vegas Golden Knights, along with the Vegas Aces, the Las Vegas Aces, have uh, opened up Pandora's box and have been a, you know, a shining light to show that it can work in the city of Las Vegas. Now, when it comes to the Oakland A's, there's the potential of them you know, actually moving to Las Vegas to join the rest of the other teams. And got to give a major shout-out to them because they've won seven games in a row. Even though they're the worst team in baseball, they won seven games in a row. In the last two games, they've actually beaten the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. So major shout-out to the A's for being able to do that within a season that has been, you know, fairly tough. Um, but also when you, you see a guy, a commissioner in Adam Silver, who, who's the commissioner of the NBA, and he sees what the you know Vegas Golden Knights have been able to do, the Las Vegas Aces and what they've been able to do. You see the Las Vegas Raiders now in that city as well. On top of the potential of the A's moving to Vegas, it gives him hope. It gives him less worries about bringing a team to Las Vegas at some time if the NBA decides to you know have an expansion team or two. It just opens up that those floodgates in a positive manner in which, you know, probably five or six years ago, that light may not have been shining that bright because of the, 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 the worrying about the gambling situations or whatnot. But as we have grown in, in professional sports, gambling is a major part of it now, right? When you look at, you know, a lot of, you know, different companies that, that are involved in, you know, professional sports. So I just think it's an opportunity now for the NBA to revisit the idea of having a team come to Las Vegas at some point, because I think it'll be phenomenal for their city. And I think those fans would embrace it because they've showed that through the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and also the Las Vegas Aces. Well, and look, I mean, part of I mean, think about last night. And I'll Wat- say the Raiders too. So. Uh, watching the Golden Knights last night, they had the Circa Sportsbook on their you know casino on their on their sweaters, right? Like, how often do we see that where you're actually looking at a casino logo on a uh, like that's something that ten years ago would have been thought of as as wild. What's interesting to me though, to everything you just pointed out, in most cities. When an expansion, I dealt with this in Nashville when I lived there at the time. When the Preds came into Nashville, not a lot of people in Nashville had a favorite hockey team that they grew up their whole lives watching, right? So you could sort of become a transplant fan. It's different when you're even for the Oilers when they moved to Tennessee and then became the Titans. The Titans had to do a lot more work because a lot of people in that area were already Cowboys fans, for example, Falcons fans, for example, right? So what's happened in Vegas that's interesting is that the Golden Knights get this great route of local fans that were there last night. In part, I think that's one of the luxuries that comes with a new team being born in Vegas, right? Like, it gives people an opportunity to actually be Golden Knights fans. A lot of people living in Vegas 
might already be a Raiders fan. It might already be a Chargers fan. It might already be a Rams fan. So you have to win their loyalty. It's worked immediately uh, for hockey, and I think it would for expansion in the NBA for much the same reason. Like, it's a brand-new team that everybody comes into. It's going to be tougher, I think, for a team like the A's because if you're a baseball fan and you live in the city, you might already have your favorite baseball team. You know, So it's just a different set of challenges, but the fact that we're looking at all of these major sports coming into what is the 40th largest media market in the country. Think about that. 40th largest. Mm. There's I, I live right outside of Hartford, Connecticut right now. Hartford and Vegas are actually similarly sized media markets. And nobody thinks about that because wow. Vegas is perceived as so huge. That's part of what's happening. Like, sell the sizzle. The Golden Knights are selling the sizzle that makes people think, man, anything can work in Vegas. If hockey can work in the desert, anything can work in well, Vegas. Well, I think it's also eye-opening for the Raiders owner in, in, in Mark Davis because – you know, seeing what the Aces have been able to do and seeing how the fans have backed them, seeing what the Golden Knights have been able to do and the fans backing them, it only puts fire, I think, in his eyes and also in his brain to say, we need to get it together here in Vegas as a football team so we can have some of these moments as well. Yeah, the, the more championships that other teams are winning, the more pressure there will be on the Raiders, on on the A's, when if and when they do complete a move to Vegas, and frankly, on NBA expansion. You better have a process that's going to make you good quickly because Vegas doesn't understand that that doesn't usually happen for expansion teams. Coming up, from beignets to donuts, why one NBA star future might be Pretty sweet. I'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Yum, yum. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 